0: Okay, we're going to get started. We normally have a little a big thank you to Ra- right there. Oh, and there it is. <laughs> a big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Yes, it's Modern Love Radio Podcast, and tonight we are talking about sexy bodies, everybody. We have a special guest with us tonight, Jeanne Palais, and if I got her name wrong, she's going to correct me. She is an intimacy coach, and we mean intimacy in the best sense of the word, and we have a series right now called Creating Sacred and Sexy Relationships, and you may be asking yourself, how does sacred and sexy go together? Well, tonight's guest is an expert in helping people to awaken both the sacred and the sensual, sexy side of themselves. So it's such a pleasure to have Jeanne Palais join us tonight. Hello, Jeanne, how are you?
1: Hello, Dr. Brenda. I'm doing great, thank you. I'm
0: excited to be joining you tonight. Wonderful. Now, did I say your name right?
1: Um. Uh, I, I pronounce it genet that's correct. Janae Paylatch
0: is the way. Paylatch, oh, okay, there. Paylatch, it's all good. All right, <laughs> everyone. We want you to remember that name because you never know when you might need and want an intimacy coach. And we have this crazy idea that we're born automatically, knowing how to love, automatically how to connect with sensuality, sexuality, how to express it. In the highest and the best way, how to communicate love in a relationship, and the truth is, these are learned skills, and most of us are learning them from the people who raised us, who blessed their hearts. Some of them didn't do such great jobs when they were (laughs) raised. So, Jeanette, a little bit about you, how you became interested in this area, and. Then we're gonna find out more about intimacy coaching. And by the way, those who have questions, I'll give you a number and a way to ask your questions in about ten minutes. Go ahead, Janae. Uh,
1: well I have an interesting story. Um I I came into um intimacy coaching through my own personal journey of um I'm a lawyer by training, a healthcare lawyer by training, and um I was married for twenty six years. Um, to a very lovely man and I have two adult children but the problem in the marriage was there really was no intimacy and there definitely was very very little sex and actually the last 10 to 12 years we had no sex we actually slept in separate bedrooms which is unfortunately a lot more common um, in long-term relationships and um you know it's interesting, Dr. Brenda, because I used to like blame it on him, and and I finally was able to realize that it really it wasn't about him. It was all about me, and it was about some of the experiences that I had where I felt like my body and I were not connected, and actually betrayed me. I had a lot of problems in the um, urogenital genital tract. Uh, as a teenager and then as a young woman when I was married. And um, it just made sex really uncomfortable and painful and shameful and not pleasurable. And I just shut down because it was the only thing I knew how to do, right, to kind of save myself. Uh, And, you know, that's what happens sometimes, right? Sex starts falling apart, and the intimacy started falling apart, and you know, before you knew it, we were just a familial unit of great parents, but we were not partners, and we were we were not lovers, and we really had very little intimacy.
0: Um,
1: and you know, so I have the to same, say, Janae, yeah,
0: the truth is, that is not uncommon. And there are many, many couples, and I recently looked at some of the research in that area which said that as high as 60% of couples reported what they considered to be some form of sexual dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon. And, again, it takes us back to this business of thinking that we automatically know how to express that side of us. And you have a whole concept you know, as a sexologist and a sex coach and a tantra teacher and a sexological body worker and all of these wonderful things that are attached to your skill set. But you talk about this thing of being a master lover. And Mm -hmm. you went through some painful experiences that brought you to this point. But what made you decide to go into the field?
1: So what happened was I finally got the courage to leave this marriage at, at the age of like forty nine fifty, and um, I I knew I had to deal with this issue because um, I couldn't go in on the dating scene knowing that I hated having sex and it just was painful for me and it didn't work. And so as I got involved in you know looking at my own stuff, I actually met somebody who um, had experience and practiced some Tantra, sacred sexuality. And that was mm-hmm. my doorway to sexual awakening and healing. My only experience starting to do now, some Now, just work. for a
0: minute, can you, for those who don't know, would you define Tantra and what that is and what it means? Sure.
1: I mean, it's a very ancient practice. And I I really look at it as um, it's a spiritual practice. But what tantra really means in the vernacular is to weave. And in tantra, we weave. To weave, Uh right? To weave. Mm. Right. So in tantra, we're weaving together our physical body, our energy, our sexual energy, our emotional body, both with ourselves and with a partner and our spiritual connection as well. Tantra is very much about all of those coming together to have a much deeper connected emotional and spiritual experience with uh, a sexual partner or even just with yourself.
0: Hmm. So that's interesting because a lot of people know the word Tantra and aren't sure exactly what it means. So I didn't know it meant to weave. And you're weaving together all these aspects of yourself, body, emotions, mind, and spirit. So what is a master lover?
1: Mm. Oh, that's a great question. So um, a master lover is somebody who both women and men first knows how to love themselves because loving Being a great sexual partner starts with knowing yourself and loving yourself and connecting to your own body and your own sexual energy and knowing what you need and knowing what you want. And then being able to really be present with your partner to not have any goal orientation or expectation but to really feel into them and to be able to read their body signals, to read their energy, um, and to be able to be very connected at a lot of different level, levels with a, a sexual partner.
0: Well, this requires exactly the opposite of what most of our culture is all about. Most of our culture is about disconnecting and numbing out and, and not really being present with ourselves or anybody else. Is that why you yeah. say you asked this question, when was the last time you had a talk with your genitals?
1: Yes. <laughs> I think it's a really important question to ask, right? Because, you know, our our bodies, particularly our genitals, especially for women, but also for men, it, it they almost have, in, in Taoist practice, which is, Similarly related, ancient Taoist practice has its own set of sexuality practices, very similar to Tantra. this ancient Chinese, um, there is a belief that a woman's genitals is her second brain and her second heart. And if we can start to listen to what our body has to say, we learn so much because often, you know, our genitals feel like we're we're just being abused or we're being disregarded or, you know, you're you're talking to me in a shameful way and I want you to be proud of me. I mean, I know this sounds a little nuts, but it's true, (laughs) right? There is really an opportunity to really connect. And I think master lovers are able to connect with that part of themselves which allows them to connect even deeper and to understand their partner's body better and to appreciate and love it, um, which is something that we often don't do.
0: Ah, uh, so it's about appreciating and connecting with yourself first and then mm. being able to appreciate and connect with your lover. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay, so for those who want to join the conversation, You can call Old School 347-989-0776, 347-989-0776, or hit us back on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Brenda Wade, and Jeanne will be happy to answer your questions. So Jeanne, in this concept of master lover, you really are encouraging people to work with their own self-awareness, the awareness of their own body, their own sexuality. And in working with women, you say women have to do something about shifting their boundaries.
1: Mm. Well, what happens with with women um, is that very often, and I, I want to say this correctly, we allow our, our boundaries to be crossed. Now, there are certainly situations when our boundaries are crossed, right, when there's non-consensual touch, non-consensual um, sex. But most of the time what happens is we allow someone to cross our boundaries because we ourselves are really not clear about what our yeses and what our noes are, and we may not have the ability to ask and tell our partner this is what we need and everyone has boundaries and boundaries are healthy they're really healthy to have in a healthy relationship there's some nights where some some part of your body just doesn't feel like participating right and it's important to not feel like you have to give up some part of you in order to please your partner if that is in fact a boundary for you
0: Because people who do that, I certainly have worked with enough couples in my seminars and and in my work, couples where someone has allowed the boundary to be crossed, and what happens is it builds resentment. And that resentment certainly begins to poison the relationship. And it makes people, uh, what I've discovered is it makes people feel badly about themselves as well as their partner. So that boundary is important. And how do you help a woman get to her yes? And what is the yes?
1: That's great. Such a great question. So a woman gets to her yes when she feels safe. Safety is the number one issue for women when it comes to sexuality, right? It it just is what we need. And it's not necessarily a physical safety, though it might be, but it's also um, an emotional safety, a feeling like, you can accept me for who I am. You're not looking for something for me that I can't give, that you can just show up and be present. And that's exactly what women actually need when it comes to sex for their partner to show up and actually be present. But
0: getting now, to being yes, present, now that's something that sounds easy, but what does it mean for a partner to show up and really be present? How would you know you're present, and how would you know your partner is present?
1: So I know I'm present when I can actually, like, be really focused in what's happening in the exact moment, meaning that I'm not in my head going through my to-do list or going through lists, right? But I'm actually (laughs) sitting here, (laughs) which happens to us all the time, but especially women.
0: Um, But I'm actually... I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) I'm actually sitting here, I'm feeling my body, and I'm like, I'm right here with you in this moment. And I, I spend a lot of time in, with, with my couples working on exercises of presence so that you begin to actually understand. Because one of the ways in which you can establish presence with your, with your partner, for example, and this is very much a principle of Tantra, is establishing eye contact. When I'm establishing eye contact with you most of the time, that's a signal that you're really there, that you're seeing me, that your mind isn't wandering. Now, you can, you can have your mind wandering in eye contact, which I can tell, but it's, a, it's one of the ways in which we start to come together and we actually show up and be present. Another way is to really just notice, are you here? Are you in your body? Are you feeling your body? That's a very important part of, of being present.
0: Okay, and then I wanna follow this thread. You talk about women getting to their yes, needing to feel safe, needing also to have this sense that there's eye contact, presence and what does it take to as you put it, because I've been looking closely at some of your your writing to warm a woman up. What does that take? Mm. How does that take place? Because women's sexuality is one thing, then sexuality is another.
1: Totally true. So I like to talk about, um, think about a woman like a cake baking in the oven that we actually cook (laughs) from from the outside in, right? Not from the inside out. And um, so warming a woman up, Means first of all, slowing down. I think if there's one piece of advice I can give anybody, it's just slow down. Slowing you sound down, like, like that old Point
0: First Sisters song <laughs> right? that come on the radio. Uh, Looking for a man with slow hands, I think was the name of the song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? But slowing down does so many things. First of all, it gives everybody time to breathe, which is another Mm -hmm. really important part. Second of all, slowing down makes you more present. When you slow things down, you have no option but to really be present because you're going slowly and you're thinking and you're feeling into what you're doing. But for women to warm up, they need to be warmed up from, like, their outer body, their outer limbs. So I always have um, couples start by, like, starting with the non-erogenous zone, the arms, the hair, the legs, the feet, right, and slowly moving more towards the breath and the genitals, but really that being the last place to go because there's so much nerve endings all over a woman's body. You know, a, a woman is capable of having an orgasm at any point, and her whole body can be orgasmic if it's handled correctly, right, and if she has some more skills around that. Um, and there's so much sensation and women need to get more aroused right for for women arousal is very very important before we get to the point of really wanting to have sex
0: yeah because a woman's arousal pattern is different now we have our first question hang on let me just pull this up for you awesome. uh this question is from Tim in San Francisco and he's asking is sex the ultimate form of intimacy, or can a couple be monogamous without sex? That's a great question.
1: Um, I think there's no question that a couple can be extraordinarily intimate and monogamous without having sex, as long as that's a choice that the couple makes. And I think what I really want to say, Tim, to answer this question, is that I think that sex is misdefined, that to me, sex is actually on a spectrum. And you can have sex when you're lying there and just holding each other. And you can have sex when you're actually having intercourse. But the definition of sex is just way too narrow. And I really encourage us all to expand that definition because there are so many ways in which you can connect and have intimacy. I think touch is an important part of it, though. I think it's rather challenging to maintain intimacy without having any type of touch. It doesn't have to be sexual touch, but touch is a very important way in
0: which we stay connected with um, individuals with our partner. Yeah, that's why affection is one of those those things that really helps a couple to build a strong relationship. So yeah. we have another question here. This is from she won't give her name, but she says I'm a woman, and what I want to know is why men feel they have to rush.
1: Um, so I think it's it's actually a really interesting question. The reason that men feel that they that they need to rush is because. Men's arousal is so different than a woman's arousal, right? So for women, our desire for sex follows arousal. The more aroused we get, the more we want sex. When we have sex, maybe we have our first orgasm, then we want even more, right? Men are really opposite because of the fact that they wear their arousal equipment on the outside. And I think that men... Just they think that we're the same as them, right? They just have a, a sense because nobody ever taught them that we're not. That oh, right. If if I touch, if I go and touch her genitals right away, she's going to get excited and want sex because if she goes and touches my, can I say the word penis on this show? I yes,
0: you I, can. Good.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get aroused, and you know, I'm going to get erect and get and want to have sex, and that's not the way we work. And so I honestly think that that men just don't know how women's arousal works and they just think we're the same as them. I think that's one of the main reasons that they rush.
0: Hmm, I like that answer. So everyone, take responsibility because for the women who are listening, whether you're listening live or whether you've downloaded this, please be aware you have a responsibility to express your needs to your partner. And to let your partner know what really works for you. And if you are a male partner with a female partner, you got to take some notes. Because I certainly have encountered the men who unfortunately said, I know what I'm doing and I don't need anyone to coach me. And I don't want to feel like I'm doing exercises. And that just shuts the female partner down so, so, so fast. Because it takes yeah. so much trust, doesn't it? Jenna yeah. to to <clears throat> talk about sex, and we have this crazy culture where, you know, sexual imagery is everywhere. It's used to sell everything from tea to cards, and at the same time, we don't talk about it. We don't have yeah, the information it, about it.
1: Yeah, it's so <clears throat> it's so hypocritical that we <clears throat> excuse me have this dichotomy that's going on in our culture, and and it's you know you. you I, if if an alien came down, they look at it, they would think we we should be the most sexually expressed
0: um, culture. Exactly. Oh, we have another question here. Let me fit this question in. This is from Sandy in Walnut Creek, and Sandy, I don't know if you're a man or a woman, but it says, does sex on the first date diminish the quality of a partnership? I'm
1: sorry, you're going to have to say that again. I did not hear
0: Okay. Sandy wants to know if sex on the first It diminishes the quality of a partnership.
1: Sex on the first date, is that what the question Mm -hmm. is? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a complicated question. And um, I have, you know, I, I, I tend to have no judgment. I think you have to know if sex on the first date feels right for you. What I have concerns about, and I hear very often, especially with my female clients, is like, well, I really didn't tend to have sex with him, but I kind of felt like I was supposed to. And if I didn't, you know, that he may may not be interested in me for the second date. Um, So I think it really depends on how you feel about the person at the at the time. I know lots of couples who have had sex on the first date, and I know lots of couples who have waited a couple of dates to have sex, and they're both having really strong relationships. But I think it really depends on how you feel inside of yourself and what you feel the connection um, is actually like with, with that Yeah, person. and I want to yep. weigh
0: in here, Janae, if I might, because there's quite a bit, Please. you know, I'm a total geek, and always studying the research in this area. And there is a body of research that shows that if women date via an app like Tinder or any of the many dating apps or dating sites that are out there, go out on a date and have sex on the first date, a very large number of those have sex on the first date. I believe it's as high as 76% regret it Mm -hmm. and feel used. And get this, here's the other statistic for men, that if these are same, uh, these are uh, heterosexual couples, men, 46% of the men regret it, or 48%, I think it was, of the men regret it also, and feel they used someone. So there's something about that first date, and I'm wondering what you think, Janae, is it the fact that there isn't a strong enough emotional connection yet, that there isn't yeah. a strong enough foundation to bring as deep as a sexual connection on top of it on the first date?
1: Yeah, those are interesting statistics, and um, and I, I'm actually not that surprised to hear that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, when you're sexual with somebody, when you're having intercourse with somebody, you're at your utmost, most vulnerable place that you can possibly be, and maybe short of actually having a child um and um you may not be ready to be that vulnerable with that person at that moment at that first date and you need to have a deeper connection sex can have more meaning if you can if you grow the relationship if you grow the friendship if you feel safer with that person i think women regret it because they feel they may feel like they were used or they may feel like their boundaries, they allow their boundaries to be crossed because they really didn't want to have sex. Um, and I think it's interesting that men, that, that such a high percentage of men regret it as well. Uh, yeah. I, I like taking it slow, right? Taking it slow for me means taking it slow all the way, right? From mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only having sex slow, but take the dating, you know, scene slow as well. In the younger generation, there's a lot of, in the hookup, you know, there's a, there's a whole
0: different. The hookup um, culture, right. And the hookup these, culture these studies really were done on the hookup culture. These were done right. on young people in the hookup culture. So talk about the power of pleasure. What does that mm. mean? Well...
1: Um, the Power of Pleasure is the name of my company, um, and the reason I, I I chose this name was because I feel that um, the ability to have pleasure, to give pleasure, to express pleasure to allows you to really connect with your sexual energy is a very, very, very powerful place. So take, going back again to Tantra world for a moment, for, for men and for women, our sexual center, which in tantra is referred to as our second chakra, which is basically just our second energy center, is really a center of our creativity and our power. It's where our life force energy comes from. And if you think about it, Dr. Granda, there is nothing more powerful in this world than the ability to create life.
0: Yes, and you know, it's interesting because the second chakra is right there for those who don't know the chakra centers, just slightly to the left of the navel, and it's in the area of the spleen, and the spleen creates new blood cells. So if you think Mm -hmm. of this being the birthplace of life, it gives birth to our blood cells. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The power of pleasure is something that you also extend into coaching people to learn the power of touching your partner for your own pleasure.
1: Yes. So touching for your own pleasure is um, something that most people have never even thought about. Because when we think about touching our partner or pleasing our partner, we think about touching them in a way that we think is going to feel good to them. And usually when we do that, we lose presence, (laughs) right, going back to the presence, yes, But when you Mm -hmm. actually touch or even touch yourself in a way in which it feels good to you, it feels ten times better to them. Because if you're experiencing pleasure by touching them, they feel how you're experiencing pleasure. And that sensation just um, tends to magnify the pleasure and the experience that they're actually having. It's a wonderful exercise to do. uh, Well, there's so many things to talk about
0: and so many exercises that I know you teach couples, which is why I am delighted to let all of our listeners know that if you can be with us on February 20th, Saturday, February 20th, from 1030 to 430, Jeanne is going to be our special guest in our class, Creating Sacred and Sexy Relationships. So if you're interested in that, there's a $47 tuition, very minimal minimal fee. Shoot us an email at love at Doc Wade dot com. love, L-O-V-E, at Doc Wade, docwade, D-O-C-W-A-D-E.com, and reserve your space now because it is a very... Limited space arrangement that we have, and Janae, I'm delighted that we'll get to work with you, and do some really deep hands-on work in getting ready for true sacred intimacy. Now, I want to let people know how to connect with you. You have a website, and the website is triple W. Everybody, you're going to write this down. Okay, it's triple W. dot dot power of pleasure dot com that's power of pleasure dot com all lowercase all one word power of pleasure. You also have a new ebook that I'm excited about. Tell us about that. Me
1: too. Um so my new ebook is called Thirty Days to Orgasmic Lift. A pleasure guys
0: all want that thirty days to Orgasmic bliss. okay. And how yes, do people get that?
1: So you get it by putting in uh, powerofpleasure.com and then forward slash e-book in one word and another forward slash. So powerofpleasure.com forward slash ebook forward slash. Uh, and for those who are recording it, it will be up on my website. It's just not there right now, but it should be there in the next
0: day. Great. Super. All right, Janae. Oh, my goodness. So much deep wisdom, so much awakening of our awareness in this important area, which is the area we just don't talk enough about and don't get good coaching about. I appreciate your wisdom and the depth that you brought to this. And on the 20th, we'll get to share even more with you. All right, everyone. Lots and lots of blessings and thanks to our wonderful producer, Legrand Green, our social producer, Cliff Dunning, to our special guest, Janae. I'm going to try it one more time. Say it, Janae.
1: Paylette.
0: Paylette. There you go. Got it. Janae Paylet. And we'll see you February 20th right here in our Modern Love Academy in San Francisco. Blessings, everyone. Good night. Good night. Oh, 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 oh,